Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 393. I'm really not sure what I'm going to call it, um, but Rachel's going to decide that, okay? Um, This is a strategy session that I did. We're going to talk about, you know, kids' toys, house decorations. Like, house decor can kind of be a a, a thing that trips you up because it's, you know, it has a lot of emotional attachment, but then it also kind of, you know, goes in and out, right? Uh, Dealing with kids and their food clutter and all that. So these are things that we're going to talk about. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation that we have. Don't forget, if you would like to apply to do one of these sessions, I let my Patreon people, my kindred spirits apply. So we're going to talk about that at the end, what she likes about being a kindred spirit. But uh, if you want to join us over there, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. All right, here we go. Here's the session. So Kate, you are here on the podcast and I really appreciate you being willing to share with everybody the progress that you've made and the things that you're dealing with. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your unique life situation. Sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I live on acreage in a house with my husband and two daughters who are six and eight years old. My eight-year-old is autistic. And we also have animals. We have three large dogs that live indoors, which is relevant later. Yeah. We have a lot of chickens. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of chickens. We have two horses and four dairy goats. My husband and I have our own business that he primarily works from a like a workshop on the property. And so we essentially work from home. And we also have a racetrack for radio controlled toy cars on our property on your property is that something like other people come in to do on the property yes we have racing every week sometimes twice a week and it's our second business essentially how cool is that so do you (laughs) actually drink goat milk regularly uh no that that was the fantasy absolutely (laughs) but when Sorry if I laughed started- too loud into the microphone. That just I, it, that resonated with me really well. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, we imagined that it would be awesome to drink our own goat milk, but when it came down to it, nobody likes it. Even though I will say our goat milk tastes almost just like cow milk. It's not very goaty. It's not strong smelling or anything. But you it's still don't that, like it. It's that little bit off. Yeah. So I use it for cheese, um, or I actually feed it to the other animals. Only one of our goats is in milk right now, so there's not a lot of milk to deal with. But yeah, a lot of things we do around here, like the fantasy and the reality are a little bit different. Well, and it's almost like you have the opportunity for a lot of the fantasy because of your where you're living and, you know, all of that. It's like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. And some of it gets done and some of it. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. So, okay. Random goat milk question. Is goat milk something that a lot of people who, and tell me if I'm wrong, who are not able to drink cow's milk can sometimes drink goat milk. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. I think it has, I'm not sure about this, but I think it has less lactose, which is the part that's hard to digest. Okay. 
Not yes. that we're giving any advice for anyone no, no, who's, no. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no advice given whatsoever. I was just no. curious because I know my mom stays away from dairy, but we were like, could you do goat cheese? But anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so let's talk about what is working well for you. One thing that has made a huge difference is taking advantage of awkward pauses yes. and um, doing things right away. It took me a long time to decide to try that because I would have so many things piled up that even though each individual thing only took 30 seconds or a minute, that was like 20 minutes worth of work and I didn't have 20 minutes. <laughs> that but, is such a good point right there. That's such a good point of lots of little things add up to a huge daunting thing list. That's good. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) No. Yeah. Um, so for a while I was actually setting aside like a half an hour block to do just little, like we call them mosquito tasks, Mm -hmm. things that are, that ought to be super quick and probably are, but just are hanging around. And, and after a while I started to feel like there wasn't a big pile anymore. So I started to do those things like while I'm cooking dinner, instead of standing there and watching the onions saute, I would like step away for just a moment and take something back to where it belongs somewhere else in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> at that instant, right? Because I knew that would really only take me about 45 seconds and nothing was going to happen to the onions in the meantime. Yeah. And so the more I've been able to do that, the more of a habit it becomes. So do you notice awkward pauses more often because you've used them well? um, I don't think it's so much of noticing the awkward pause is that um, it just becomes habitual that I don't just stand there in the kitchen, I guess. One thing that I have noticed that's very strange is that I will be in the kitchen. It will be what you might call an awkward pause. And I'll think, oh, I need to take those earrings back to the bathroom where I keep my jewelry. And I'll be like, oh, no, I did that last night. (laughs) Really? Let's see see if there's something else around here that needs to be done. (laughs) That's so interesting. So do you feel like it has helped your perception of how long tasks will take to do this consistently and get little things done little by little? I mean, did you ever have issues like with what we call T-pad as far as not knowing how long something is going to take is, has that increased that awareness? Do you think? It has. Um, and yes, I used to have very unrealistic ideas about how long a short task was really going to take, like emptying the dishwasher, I think Mm -hmm. is a pretty common experience. It really only takes like three and a half or four minutes in my household. Who Um, knew, right? I know. (laughs) And I I thought it took like 15 or 20. (laughs) So I never had time to do it, right? (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. That's Um, great. So yes, it turns out that a lot of these short tasks are super, super short to do. And the more I do them at the moment, I think of them that the easier it is to remember that when I have that instinct, that's like, 
oh, this is going to take a while. I don't have time now. Yes. I can counteract that by saying, actually, it only takes a minute and a half. I do have time. Right. And I think that's one of those things, you know, and, and I hear from people all the time about this kind of stuff. And sometimes people will say, yeah, I follow the, if it's only going to take me one minute, I might as well go ahead and do it now. And I'm like, that is excellent. But then there are a lot of us who don't have a perception of what a minute is. And so even though something might take a minute or less, we don't identify it as that because we have, you know, time passage awareness disorder or whatever it's really called, you know, (laughs) but, um, But yeah, I think that that's key. It's like you have started to, this has become a way for you to combat that because of the experience of starting to really learn. Can you remember in the beginning, was it hard for you to do a task that you weren't for sure how long it was going to take? Like how hard was it in the beginning when you really started saying, I'm going to take advantage of these awkward pauses? I actually had to talk out loud to myself. It was a little embarrassing. I tried to do it when my my kids and my husband weren't around, but I could see myself, I could feel myself saying, I'll put this here because there's something else that needs to go to that other room. So I'll make a pile, Mm -hmm. right? Because obviously I don't have time to do that right now. And I could sort of feel that thought process in my head. And I would say out loud, no, Dana says to take it there now. (laughs) And so I would say that out loud and I would do it. And then I'd be like, wow, almost no time has passed. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, um, we joke around here about the time it takes between when we go out our front door and when we actually drive out of the driveway. Because with young children, especially, there's like a process of getting into the car and buckling up and all of that. And there have been times in our family life when that took a really long time. So we talk about like the black hole that happens between the front door and when we actually drive out of the driveway. And this was like the reverse black hole. It was like a time blip where I went and did something and no time had passed. And that is so fascinating over and over that started to convince me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, what's another strategy that's had an impact on your home? I know everybody says this, but doing the dishes essentially right away, or at least every day, Mm -hmm. makes such a difference. And it's actually improved my, like, enjoyment of our home and reduced my anxiety about other areas where I'm still decluttering, just because I know it doesn't take a long time anymore, because the dishes are always essentially caught up. I I think it's made me a little bit kinder too, because like when my mother came to visit in the past, she would load the dishwasher right after the meal. And I was all judgmental about it. I was like, why are you doing that? Aren't you here to see your grandkids? (laughs) (laughs) So here I am revealing myself as not a very nice person, but you know, I think we all completely understand what you're saying though, (laughs) because here's the other thing. My experience of that exact same type of situation, it's hard for me to not feel judged. Like it's hard for me to not feel like, like, are you doing that because you don't think I'll get to it eventually, which probably was based in reality. You know, like that was my own experience in those types of situations. Like I'm going to do that. Like, yeah, no, I get it. I I think there could have been stuff of that going on too. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but now you understand that 
she had an understanding of if we'll get this done, then we get to go enjoy without it hanging over our head. Right. Yeah, absolutely. She, in addition to spend in my eyes, spending this extra time loading the dishwasher, she somehow also had all this time to like sit and read to my kids or play card games with them. Yeah. So yes, she had an understanding of something that has been a slow process for me to learn, but yes, I am I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. (laughs) Uh, Yes, exactly. I mean, I I get it completely. I talked in a recent podcast about, I still struggle. I don't ever want to do my dishes. I just don't. It is not the most natural thing in the world to me. And yet I am a believer because I know the impact that it has. And so I'm always jealous of the people who are like, oh, I can't, I can't not do it anymore. I'm like, well, I can totally not do it. (laughs) Okay. So tell me uh, what's a situation or question that you have that you want to talk about. Okay. My kids generate a ton of what I would call pseudo trash. Okay. It's like something that they made out of paper or fabric or yarn and they play with it for an hour to a couple of days. And then it actually becomes trash. But in the meantime, it's like a priceless treasure. So we do have somewhat of a habit of five minute pickups, but if we don't do them every day, the pseudo trash accumulates and I'm like, okay, if it's really important, pick it up. Cause I'm just going to throw it all away. Do they need like an in progress bin or how do we store this stuff that doesn't actually need to be stored for any length of time? Okay. So when I was, I glanced through your, um, stuff ahead of time. And I saw the in progress bin. And my first thought is always no, no procrast the clutter bins. Okay. But then as you were explaining it, I was thinking, well, it's not really in my mind, it's not so much an in progress bin. It's a current homemade toys bin. You know what I mean? Like to serve the purpose of containing, to serve the purpose of limiting. You know, it's like, this is your, I know how much y'all love to make things. And I'm just going to assume that you love that they love to make things like this is right. Like this is great. I mean, this is fantastic. We all want our kids to, to play that way. So it's like, I want to honor the fact. I think it is so cool that y'all do this, but we all know because you know, things get used up or whatever. So it's like, this is going to be the space that we have for your creations that you're still playing with. Okay. And then that lets it be a limit so that as that fills, it's a natural, oh man, that's right. Well, go through and get rid of some of the ones that you're not playing with anymore so that there's room for these new ones that you've created. And that is just such a non-confrontational way to help them identify which ones are still being played with. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like the language there about this is the the container or the limit for your current homemade toys or current yes. self-made. Because um, we talk a fair amount about things that are treasures and things that are like not treasures anymore, you know, but we all, myself, my husband doesn't have this problem. He's like in some alternate universe where decluttering is like 
Like they're the people that we're jealous of, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but we all struggle with like, well, it was a treasure before and now I have to let go because it's not a treasure anymore. So that language, I'm not super happy with it. But just the idea that this is the place where we put our current homemade toys. Right. And and think of it not so much as a like you're not necessarily saying to them, this is the limit, this is the container, we've got to contain it. Instead, it's the special place. And then you okay. just let it be what it is because it is a limit. It's like, oh, these don't all fit into our special bin for the stuff that you're currently playing with. And then their memory bin or their treasure bin is a separate thing, right? Yes. Like it's a separate, like, no, you don't play with it anymore, but man, you loved making that. And that is such a huge memory. Does it deserve space in your memory bin, which mm-hmm. is something that just sits there and lives, right? Mm-hmm. Or your keepsake box or whatever you call it. So it's, it's like, it's, this is our homemade toys play box or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the the language that works for them. And then just allowing that to be a natural limit to be the one that makes those decisions that things have to go, as opposed to you coming in and saying, you have too much, you know, um, (laughs) which is, which is the natural thing, right? Because they do have too many that it's not able to be, you know, maintained anymore. Exactly. And we do talk about, um, we can't enjoy our things if we have so many, right? right. Or if we have too many, we can't enjoy what we have because we don't even know where it is. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, and, and if it's, okay. a, if it's a current play thing as part of that five minute pickup, if we know this is our current play thing, hopefully eventually that's going to kind of be a natural ongoing decluttering of those things in that we're not just shoving them in there. We're putting them in there as deserving space in this. So they kind of naturally, oh, this one can go now. Oh, this one can go now. You know, like, mm-hmm. so it, it, that, that five minute pickup, uh, reinforces this on a daily basis. If that makes sense. Daily I or almost daily. I know <laughs> key word there. <laughs> I, I mean, five minute pickups are ideally done daily but they are useful done at any time. I mean, that to me is one of those keys for people to understand what the five minute pickup is. You don't have to get every single thing picked up and then start doing five minute pickups because that's too overwhelming for people like me. Uh, that it's just too much. It's like, but, but that's my mindset right now with dishes. Yeah. You kind of have to do that, but I mean, you don't have to, you could do five dishes and you're better off than if you don't do any, you know, but, but like with the dishes, yes, I recommend that you do the work to get them all done. But with a five minute pickup, it really is so key to establish that five minutes makes a huge difference. That five minutes is what we're really doing here. You can trust me. I am not trying to trick you, you, my children or myself into a three hour marathon of picking up the, you know, so it's those five minutes are so valuable anytime that you do them. And the more often that you do them, the more that you remember the impact, kind of like the stuff you were talking about before with the awkward pauses. It's like the more often that we do this, the more that I notice, oh, this awkward pause is five minutes and I'm feeling anxious about my house. And so let's all do a five minute pickup, you know? Yes, absolutely. And uh, it has taken a while for all of us to trust the process, but we, we say out loud to each other, five minutes matters. Yes. And we have a little timer that my kids know how to set that does that like counts down. So it has a red wedge 
that gets smaller and smaller as the time passes. So oh, we can set cool. it for 15 minutes or we can set it for five minutes and you can glance over and see, oh, we're, we're almost done. Like, but yeah. the, time's, the time's almost up or, oh, well, <laughs> there's still four and a half minutes to go. So pick up a few more things. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, so. is that on Amazon? Yes. I think it's called the time timer. Okay. I, I know that's kind of a, yeah. I could Sounds a little redundant, but okay. I know exactly. <laughs> you didn't name it. <laughs> they come, you can get a big one that hangs on the wall. You can get a little one that sits on the countertop. We had a big one before, and now we have a little one because we can carry it around the house. And yeah, that's really cool. It's very helpful for kids, I think. All right. So did I solve that problem completely? Yes. All right. It's all going to be golden going forward. That is such a relief for both of us. Um, (laughs) My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said 
one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. So tell me what's your next thing you want to talk about. Okay. I need your permission. Please give me permission. Okay. To put some incredibly historic, sentimental family decor away in the attic for a while. Sure. I, you got it. Okay. We're I, done with that. No. Okay, great. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Go ahead. You can, you can give me more details. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. If you say it's okay, that's all I need to do. We have three dogs. They're indoor dogs. We've got the kids. We all wear our shoes indoors. We live on a, essentially a farm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a pretend farm, but it's still pretty farmy. It's hard enough for me just to keep the house clean with almost no like knickknacks or decorations. But I have things that I really love and value. Things like a couple of ashtrays made of hammered raw copper nuggets from when my grandfather was working as a mining engineer in Africa. You oh, know, wow. like that's special. I want those and I want to have them out and I want to look at them, but now is not a good season for having them out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, you can keep anything. You just can't keep everything. Mm -hmm. If your attic has space in it for those kinds of things. So yeah, I mean, like if if there's space for it, that's not taking up the space that you need for other periods of your life. And it's something important enough to you that when you get to the stage of life that you feel like you will be able to display it safely, you will actually remember that you have it like, you know, there's a difference between really important family memories versus all this cool stuff. I found found at a garage sale, but I don't have anywhere to put it. So I'm going to stick it in the attic. You know, like there's a difference there. Right. So um, the other thing I would recommend, you know, is look at it differently and see if there's anything that, you know, I, I can't picture exactly what you're talking about, but is this something that could be on a wall with a plate hanger or, you know, that kind of thing, because it's best, right? The best. Yeah. I mean, like that could put very potentially have a small plate hanger that would hang it on the wall. And for me, it's like, I have had to realize I don't do displays on surfaces well. So I totally understand what you're saying. Like it just doesn't work, but I like to have things on the walls. So is there a way that I could make this a wall decoration so that then I could go ahead and enjoy it and appreciate it? And sometimes it, you know, changes how I view it over time when I'm like, okay, I've, I've embraced that I've used it as a decoration. And then at some point I'm more ready to let it go because I used it instead of it just sitting in a box or whatever. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I had that experience with some decorative plates that my mom gave me. I had them hanging up and enjoyed them for a long time and then eventually just felt ready to let them go. Yeah. So. Yeah, Um, that does make sense. And uh, it reminds me of 
your advice to use things, to not just keep them stored away for some other day. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, especially in the kitchen, um, fancy dishware and stuff like that, that we use regularly now instead of saving it for some right. unknown future reason. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, that. so as far as permission goes, you know, it's funny because some people need permission and other people rebel against being told they have permission. It's like, I don't need your permission, whatever. So whatever <laughs> it takes for you, if it helps you to take my permission, Yes. But remember that that permission is based on your reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's based on you saying, I am willing to give attic space to these items because I have it to give, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not taking up the space that we need for other things, but yeah, I mean, anytime you can use it, if there's a way to use it, that's ideal. You know, and I, I love that you've had that experience with those plates that were on the wall, because here's the thing, like it becomes part of your decor aesthetic. And it's almost like we're more willing to allow our aesthetic to change over time and then let things go because of that, as opposed to when we just see it as a memory. You know what I mean? Like when it was just a memory, then I can't possibly let it go because that would be dishonoring. I possibly. No, right. absolutely not. My mother but, gave me those plates. <laughs> right. But when it's, when it's being used and it's part of your decor aesthetic, you're like, oh, those have all this special meaning, blah, blah, blah. But then over time you're like, yeah, I've changed and I want to do a different design now. And I'm ready. You know, so there's just something weird that happens with that. So using things really helps. Yeah. But, push them but along that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're looking at it that way, sometimes too, it's kind of like the container concept and the take it there now and the, all that stuff. It's like, okay, I'm going to use this as decor. And then sometimes that will help you take an entire box full of things. And you say, okay, these things would look great on the wall. Well, when I'm looking at it this way, those are things that aren't as meaningful, but sometimes when it's a whole box, and you know that it has those, you know, special items in it. It's like, well, that's a box full of important stuff. But when you're looking at it as, okay, well, I'm going to use it somehow in my house. Then you actually look and you identify what really is important. And you also see, oh yeah, that's not as important. That stuff can go. So all of those things work together. Okay. Solve that problem. All yeah. right. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I am on a roll though. <laughs> okay. Let's see how we do on this last one. <laughs> Tell me another thing you want to talk about. Do people in your household eat in their bedrooms or in other parts of the house? Okay. So I did read briefly through this. Um, I did see that your kids are six and eight. Yeah. It's a whole different world when they are 16, 19, and 21, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's an issue I, at that age. The answer was no. It's not that I didn't sometimes find humongous piles of candy wrappers in their corner of their closet after Easter or whatever, you know, like, it's not like it never happens, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the general rule was no, you know, no eating in your rooms. Uh, I was allowed to eat in my room as a kid. I also often was like, what's that smell? And it was a glass of milk that had been there for a really long time, you know, or whatever. So it's just one of those things. I, it was kind of over my clutter threshold. I think mm -hmm. to allow my kids when they were that age to eat in their rooms. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like so, that's very helpful necessarily, but well, you're saying that your kids at, now that they're older, they don't 
they either generally don't spill or leave their dishes there for extended periods of time, or if they do spill something or drip crumbs, they tidy it up themselves. Yeah, Honestly. I'm not necessarily saying that, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I am saying though that they still don't really, I mean, my daughter does, uh, because her, she's my routine oriented, you know, and so she has her morning routine and she comes down and she gets a, a glass of ice water and she gets her a little something to eat. And so, you know, of course that's generally something that's disposable other than the spoon for the yogurt or whatever. And so, yes, definitely. There are times where it's like, um, I need my spoons and my glasses back, you know? And, uh, so that's definitely something it, it, I still have to be the one to say, okay, let's go do this. We do have like a, an additional space where, you know, my kids will hang out. And that's one that does drive me absolutely bananas. Cause I'll be like, you have to clean your own mess in here, you know? So, uh, so no, I mean, I don't have any <laughs> other than it's partly, you know, it's my clutter threshold as far as what I can handle, because it ha it does come down to mom, reminding, and I'm not saying they're not capable. They are capable and they do much better than they could do. If that makes any sense, like they, they, they do fine. Um, but yeah, I still have to remind and, and initiate the five minute pickups. And generally that becomes part of a five minute pickup is go get anything that, you know, is in that space and get that, you know, picked up. So. Okay. Well, it's helpful to think of it in that way and also helpful to realize that I guess even for you, you're still initiating the, the tidying up of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the bad news about life as far as <laughs> I don't give parenting <laughs> advice at all, but it's just reality. Like I want it to be where I never have to, I, I can say things one time or whatever, and I don't have to worry about it again. And that does become the case on a whole lot of things, but it is not on everything. And it is most definitely not on, on this kind of stuff. And, and sometimes I think it's probably because this is also the same kind of stuff I struggle with, you know, maybe it's because they know that I'm not going to notice it immediately. I'm not going to walk into a room because of how I, my brain works and be like, what happened in here? So it's like, well, they can get away from with it for a while. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to make them look bad because I mean, I, I really feel like this is what a lot of teenage parents would tell you whether they themselves struggle with this stuff or not is just, it's just reality. Like it's, I remember when I wrote teaching kids to clean, uh, when my kids were probably, I don't know, they were probably 10 and under, you know, mm -hmm. and I had somebody email me and say, I taught all this to my kids when they were younger. And it's like, they forgot all of it when they were teenagers. And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't say this, but I was thinking, well, that won't happen to my kids. Well, it does. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just does. I mean, it, I was wrong. You know, she was right. And I don't know. It kind of reminds me of my mom would always tell the story about every birthday I had as a kid. I was always super naughty after that birthday because I mean, she figured out it was because I was like retesting. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm now older and more mature. Do I still have to follow this, 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 and this rule? And so it was like, you know, it, and I don't know that it's a conscious thing at all, but you know, with every phase of life, even myself, I'm like, wait, I still have to do that. Even though I'm almost 50. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Do I you know, it, it's that realization. So anyway, so bad news, good news. Definitely. You're not alone. 
definitely, this is a struggle that pretty much everybody has with a teenager. And it's just a thing to remind, but as far as like eating, you know, making rules to eat within the house. Yes. I mean, to, you know, within common spaces, you know, that, that definitely helps to not. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the things you're saying are making me realize that my kids know that I don't go into their rooms very often because their bedrooms are upstairs and their dad puts them to bed. Like he's the one who does the toothbrushing mm-hmm. and the bedtime story and all of that stuff. Cause I'm, I'm momming all day. I'm yeah. like, okay, supper's over, bedtime's come, yeah. off you go, <laughs> see you tomorrow. So they, and, and because we've been so over my clutter threshold in general, and I started in the kitchen and I'm working my way out on the ground floor, they know that I ha- I'm not really in their bedrooms very much. And it may be a kind of a way of seeing what they can, what the boundaries are, what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's, you know, a sneakiness necessarily other than I do think it's just so, well, this is how it is. She doesn't, she doesn't notice in here. So it's okay. (laughs) Um, And I think that's natural and normal for kids, you know, to, to be that way. So, so yeah, I think it's that taking, you know, and sometimes with, um, you know, our additional areas that I'm, it drives me crazy because I don't necessarily go out there. And then when I do, I'm like, ah, you know, I try to keep it to, um, or I try to encourage more, you know, if if you're going to eat out there, it needs to be this kind of stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. this type of stuff that is easier to clean up or more disposable based or whatever that you can just throw it away, you know, that kind of thing to try to. Yeah. yeah. We haven't had like a cup of milk go upstairs yeah. and then get spilled or anything like that. It's like I did as a child, like my mother had to deal with. <laughs> I feel for the lady. I feel mm-hmm. for her. <laughs> Don't we all, right? <laughs> She's the one who laughs every day that I talk about this stuff for a living. <laughs> talk about her chickens coming home to roost or uh, something like that. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Talk about a life of irony for sure. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week, I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one-hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style, gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, well, I, I don't feel like that was very helpful other than just to let you know you're not alone. <laughs> so. Well, I also have the feeling like I should say it once and it should stick, right? So it always, anytime someone reminds me that it doesn't work that way, that's yeah. helpful. And I can recognize that my kids are really good at clearing the dining table because um, they clear their own dishes the vast majority of the time without being reminded. That's great. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that... Um, as I get the ground floor to a stable situation where it's easy to maintain, then I'll be spending more time upstairs. We have like a balcony that overlooks um, our playing and dining area. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. then a bathroom between the two kids' bedrooms. And right now it's sort of their domain. And I, as I say, I don't go up there much, but I'll be going up there more regularly as I declutter that area more. Yeah. and spend more time up there with them. Well, and I just want to remind you that it's a gift that you're giving your kids to, for them to be able to watch you learning, you know, kind of like you said, I want to say something one time and it'd be over. And it's like, and I feel the same way, obviously we all do as moms. And yet when I look at myself and I realize how long it takes me to really start grasping something and taking it in and understanding okay, this is how I do it. And also these are all the results of it. And those results help encourage me to do it. You know, like all of those things that they're watching you learn and all that they're learning as they are participating in five minute pickups and they're learning, oh, wow, it's more fun to deal with this stuff when it's in a special bin. And then when I'm not overwhelmed with all this other stuff, like all of those things are teaching them because in the end, no matter what you teach them, they then have to make it their own. Like it, that's just reality. Right. Um, so, so it's just a gift. Like you working on this is a huge, huge gift that you're giving your kids. So good job, mom. Thanks for saying it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I, I want to, I mean, no, I thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And I'm thinking back to like myself a year ago, and how I would leave a load of laundry unfolded for a long time because I didn't want to take the time to do the whole thing. And I wanna contrast that. And I'm thinking about my kids because they help me with the laundry. They help fold and put away. But nowadays I'll be like, hey, let's just spend a few minutes and like get all the socks out of here or whatever. And we get that pile of laundry put away a lot faster even though I don't spend a solid, whatever it is, half an hour, 40 minutes folding it. And they just to be clear, thing. it takes like less than 10 minutes to fold a load of laundry, but anyway. Okay. Maybe like three loads all piled together <laughs> on the kitchen counter, <laughs> four loads. <laughs> you know, I had to say that, but anyway, go back to your really wonderful, um, thoughtful thing that you're going to say. <laughs> no, I was just saying, <laughs> my kids have seen that change, right? Yeah. They've seen that yeah. change from like me ignoring something for an extended period of time because I was overwhelmed to me saying, hey, let's just do a little bit on this for now. And, and I've tried to on purpose do that for them as well. We have a bearded dragon. Of course, I didn't even think of that in the long <laughs> list of animals. And 
he like spills his vegetables and because there's a heat lamp in there, they like shrivel up and dry. It's not a big cleanup task, but his area needs to be like swept up pretty frequently. And technically he's my eight-year-old. And so I was like, you gotta clean up the, you know, you gotta clean up Draco's place, you gotta clean up. And she, I could tell she was overwhelmed. And so one day I said, look, just like take the little dustpan and do one little dustpan worth. And that's it for today, right? Even that little bit will help them. And we did that for a few days in a row. And then she did it on her own for another few days. And again, that's, that's showing how I've changed yeah. and being explicit with my kids about that so they can see that example. And yes. then this is my daughter put it to use yeah. herself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. That's so great to hear. And it's, it's so encouraging. So encouraging. Well, I'm, this has been really fun. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I wanted to put a plug in for people who, like I see on the Facebook group, they're having trouble figuring out what a room is for. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that sometimes it takes time. Mm Again, this is something like myself a couple of years ago had a really hard time grasping this concept, but we've lived in our house for four and a half years and only in the last six months or so have we really totally achieved clarity on two of our main living spaces. One that is a guest room and for certain kinds of projects and the other is like a TV room with some other functionality that happens in there. So for anyone out there who's listening, sometimes it takes time, but the only way that the use of that room is revealed is by decluttering the extra and decluttering and decluttering. And once we got down to like the stuff that was still there after the decluttering, peeling off the layers of the onion several times, then things became clear. Hallelujah. Amen. For real. Like, I I mean... The defining the room is so key, but if you can't do it, just start decluttering, just start getting stuff out. And then, you know, like there's, there's really no reason ever to not start, you know, like, because the starting is the key and it's like, there's really not anything to figure out before you get started, even if starting just means looking for trash and there is no trash, you know, but that's still starting, right? Is yep. looking for yep. trash. And so um, that starting is everything. Well, this has been really, really fun. Tell me what you love about being a kindred spirit. Uh, I love the Facebook group. It's very encouraging to look on the Facebook group and see the posts that are like, I tackled this huge project and now it's so much better. And that I really like. Uh, a lot of people comment that it took less time than they expected, and that's a helpful reminder. It's just a really comforting feeling to know that I'm not alone. Yeah, that we're all we're all working, you know, to make our houses to be beautiful and comfortable living situations, and yeah. that there there are a bunch of us out there. Yes, nobody is striving for for an unrealistic goal. This is a place where. You're never going to make progress and people go, Oh, but you still should this, this, and this. It's like, we're going to celebrate the progress and then we're going to keep on going and we're going to keep on going. But we're trying, our whole goal is to accept reality of our spaces and our clutter thresholds and all that. So Uh, I want to say one more thing. Okay. Um, It also helps 
for someone like myself who doesn't have a good example in other family members, everyone else in my family has a much higher clutter threshold and they maintain houses that are very beautiful, very filled with beautiful things. I, I could never hope to come close to yeah. doing that. <laughs> and so I can't look to my family members to say, that's what I'm striving for, right? That's mm -hmm. just not in the cards for me. That's not realistic for me. And that's, again, looking at the photos that people put on the Facebook group of the other kindred spirits, that reminds me, it's okay to have a house that has less stuff in it, but that is well-maintained and enjoyable right. and beautiful. Right. Love it. That's great. Well, this has been really fun and I really appreciate you being willing to share. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you learned some things. I always have so much fun talking to my kindred spirits. If you want to know more about being a member of the kindred spirits, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. All right. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.